another edition of Father Time, the show where nobody's ever listening to these. We do these solely to just have an hour away from our own families, really. <laughs> uh, my producer, as always, Mr. Andy Lerner, the, good, the good childless morning. one. The child- as far as we know. Well, as far as, as any far of us as know. As far as he knows. As far ah. as any of us know. Uh, my guest today, this, I'm, I'm really excited. We've never met before. This is going to be extremely interesting. Uh, he's a friend of Andy's, and uh, his name is Dean Cameron. He is a very prolific actor, but I think a lot of people will know you. Of course, it's going to be your first, your first line as uh, Chainsaw from right. Summer School. That's it. Which is, uh, even my friends today, I was like, hey, I'm doing uh, Dean Cameron. And one of my buddies was like, hey, that's Chainsaw. It's from amazing. summer school, and I go, yeah, and it's it is kind of a seminal film for people. It is, yeah. I I've been doing these uh, has been autograph signing things, and the, the and we do hor- I do horror conventions because all the guys who make do horror makeup were huge fans of Chainsaw and Dave because we're the first representatives of oh, that. Oh, that's genre. right. Yeah, so. I totally forgot that that yeah. was that was the storyline for the two yeah. of you guys was that you guys were kind of FX. The, yeah, yeah. You guys were doing so it's cool special effects and stuff. Yeah. I love that you called it a has-been. No, you know. <laughs> Call a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah. a, uh, what, what's, what, what's funny to me is I looked back. I didn't realize it. One of my friends did. He goes, you know Carl Reiner wrote and directed that. So I mean, He didn't write that? it. He Jeff, didn't write it. Jeff just, Franklin wrote it. And, and uh, Carl Reiner directed it. Yeah. What was he like? That must have been amazing. It, well, it, spoiled, it was my first movie. The first. So it, so it spoiled me because he would work from 10 to 6. Like that's when he shoots, and he'd go home with and his family. He'd go home and be with his wife and yeah. hang out. He was already sixty years old. Yeah, he was old too. But for uh, those of you who don't know, Carl Reiner, uh, Dick Van Dyke show, right? Uh, Everything whole slew. Uh, for our, those of you who don't show know, of shows, kill yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Sid Caesar back in the yeah. day was yeah. He wrote I mean, for all that stuff with Woody Allen and that whole crew. Yeah. Uh, one of the he was straight man for Mel Brooks. Back he in was two thousand. I mean, right, two thousand year man. Yeah. Yeah, that's just off the top of the cuff without even no, googling it. Insane but his career, insane career. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you're this kid in Hollywood. Yeah, well, new, that wasn't all of a sudden, but after a few years, yeah. But, but yeah, so he uh, would work from we'd work from ten to six, and he was great and let, would let me ad lib, wouldn't let anyone else really do any ad libbing. And Mark Harmon's not a big improviser. No, he wasn't. <laughs> really? but Mark Harmon was very nice, and it, it was. I mean, the whole thing was just a great experience from. Top to bottom. Did you have as big a crush on Courtney Thorne Smith as everyone else who watched that film? I, I did, and I'd worked with her before too. Oh, you had on a TV show. Oh. Uh, mm. Yeah, she's she was beautiful. Mm. She's beautiful. So. Good times. Anyway, uh, the podcast is called Father Time. You are a father. I am. It's crazy to think that Chainsaw's raising a child on this oh planet. My God, isn't it? I had no plans to do that, and. Uh, I'd also had no plans to get married, but here I am. Isn't it weird? I feel like as the same as an actor who came to town, like our, I think as an actor, you're not really that ever comfortable in your life. Like for me, it was always, I never felt comfortable enough to like raise another human because right. what we do is so transient and we jump from job to job and stuff. How did it come about that you, you met somebody who basically said we're having children? Yeah, it, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, when we, when I asked her to marry me, she said, cause I, I, when we'll get into this, but I hate kids, and uh, <laughs> a great lead. By yeah, the way. it's changed, but I I, I sort of hate kids, and uh, didn't want to have kids. And she said, "Well, if we get married, what happens when I want to have a baby?" And I said, "Well, she goes, that's going to be on the table." And I said, "Okay." And she goes, "So if I but if I want to have a baby, then I'm going to have a baby." Said, okay, we'll I'll deal with that. And I was and I was not lying. I was not ever thinking of backing out. I just never thought that day would come. 
You, you just thought she didn't want children either at the time. Yeah, I thought you said, that, like, oh, it's a female. She's just saying this, but she doesn't really want kids. Yeah, and like you're saying is we're never going to be comfortable enough or ready to have kids. But what you learn is you're never ready to have kids. There's never a right There's time. There's never a right yeah, time. Yeah, never going to be good. Ever. No. So when the time came, um, she said, I'm going to let's have a kid. And I, okay. And, and my philosophy all through my life has been might as well commit. Uh, so if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right and do it well and do be the best I can do it. Right. Be, be uh, Penn, a mutual friend of ours, Penn Gillette. I, I, after the great career crash of 95, I ended up in, uh, <laughs> I don't remember reading about that. Well, no, I, I, it was in your personal I journal. blogged extensively <laughs> about it. Right, we're going to have to talk about, we'll yeah. have to talk a little bit about Hollywood too, but so, but I ended up in Las Vegas working at Caesar's palace as a singing wizard in a dinner show. <laughs> How is uh, that not a movie? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so (laughs) Penn came to see it. And and afterwards, he was like, you know, you're so good in this. And you really, there's no, you're not, I I would expect you to sort of be, feel above it. And I said, no, you might as well commit. And and because I was trying to be the best wizard I could be. It was horrible. But whatever. I literally singing, try the veal. Literally try the veal. (laughs) What's the the melody go? go? Um, uh, I forgot, but I, I it was like a Robert Goulet kind of thing. The like opening song was the, the opening song was the magic is here all around you. Da, 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 you can see and remember credits quote Hobbes said Hobbes, what you believe is real is real, which is not <laughs> was true. Doug Henning in it too. It sounds it, awesome. No, it, it was pretty. Yeah, and and there is yeah credits quote Hobbes said Hobbes was the there's this Latin thing and Teller is a Latin scholar. Mm-hmm. He came and he's like, that's not really what it means. And I forgot what it actually means, but it doesn't mean what you believe is real is real. It's like your 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 life is changing. He's kind of the buzz. Penn is kind of the buzzkill of like, dude, it's just, it's a crazy musical. What do you mean? No, that's Teller. Teller. I tell him. Teller, yeah. Teller is the scholar, so he yeah. knows more than it. So he, would yeah. tell, he tells you that's what you're saying is wrong. You yeah. need to rewrite the musical. And it's yeah. not the first time I've heard a Teller busted us on Latin. Story. Uh, yeah. So, I, so you. That's so, so we had. Motto, so we had the baby, and, and then, and then, which led us to. I guess we would talk about the rye stuff, like being the best parents we could be, sure. raising him. And all right, yeah. we have to go back because okay. I mean, you say the big uh, career because uh, as somebody else who I moved to Hollywood at thirty, like yeah, oh. let's go act. Wow. And I got some. You know, you get success, 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 and all of a sudden, you, you know, it's you have a, a you have a year where it goes. Wow, that's not uh, what right. I expected to keep. Going up, right. so you you came from the Midwest, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, when I was seventeen. And, and you just at seventeen? Did you always want to be an actor? Yeah, um, I spent my summers in Santa Barbara with my dad, and they had a great summer theater program. And I was doing plays with Eric Stoltz and Anthony Edwards, a girl named Kathleen Wilhoit. Uh, she does about, a show at Vitello's on like yeah, Monday yeah, nights, which <laughs> I've done. I've done. I know Kathleen. That's really amazing. Fun. This circle is so small. small in town. Yeah, it's funny. Um, some other people and. So when they were in junior high and high school, they were coming down here to L.A. to do commercials and guest spots. And, and I, my dad had tried to be an actor for a year. And in my continuing quest to do better than him and show him that I'm a better human being, I said, well, I'm going to be an actor. And so I thought if they could do it, I could do it. And I came – yeah, when I got out of high school. Was I your dad out. supportive or, or was Not he? really, no. Really? No. All right, no. let's talk about that because it's a big thing about here's – here's why this whole show started was because – once you're a father, it's the one thing that nobody ever trained you for. Like your only model is your father. And my father never talked. I just talked to my mother yesterday, and she was like, oh, you, 
we almost got divorced. Like, I almost didn't come around to like 15 years before. She was like, oh, your father's brother, his mother all told me to divorce him. He was out <laughs> boozing his Holy ass shit. off till like one in the morning when I was oh my God. long before I even came along with my two older uh, brother and sister. And she was like, oh, yeah, back in the day, he was a booze hound. And, and I, it was one of the things he should have sat me down and said, listen, just so you know, genetically – we're not the greatest with alcohol. <laughs> you here's something you should know about our gene pool, but nobody ever does. Right. We're Irish Catholics. We don't tell anything. Uh, right, right. And so when I started this, I started talking to people about like being a parent, and people told me stories. I was like, I didn't know that existed. Wow. And so it's funny. So your father brought you up. He tried to be an actor, but then when you tried, he jumped in and said no. No, he's you know he said that you're you're going to fail, and you know he was so. <laughs> Well, the odds are, and he's sort of right. And my father uh, was the same. Yeah, and because the odds are, and you know, I don't want my son anywhere near this business. No, 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 I know. But yet we live in yeah. we live in here, yeah. the area and where they're going to grow. He's up come and seen me on set and stuff, and it's and he can see like, oh, this, oh, I like and, this attention. Well, when you're working, aren't, aren't it's some the greatest of his friends, job fathers. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and we go to the, this school that's stupid and it's private school, and yeah. It's yeah, yeah, because all the other parents yeah, are, so he goes to are play giant like, movie stars. They have an elevator in their house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they do. They, they certainly yeah. do. You know who doesn't? We don't. We don't. We don't. No, we have one bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is you're a prolific working actor. Like you have a crazy resume. Yeah, You've been working for a long time. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Pretty good. I stopped. For, I stopped for about fifteen years, which was a mistake. But whatever, I stopped. And so about four years ago, started up again. Did you stop because you were I uh, bitter, uh, bitter, and uh, I, I. It's had, an ang- it's an angry uh, inducing business. Yeah, I'd gotten a, I'd written a feature and it had gotten made, mm-hmm. and it was quite good. And my managers and my agents didn't come to the set or the screening because they really had nothing to do with it. Right. And uh, I thought, well, you've been telling me for the last ten years to write something with myself, and here I did, and you're telling me. They don't care. They don't care. So it's I was like, money. screw it. And I'd been learning to code, and so I started working as a front-end web developer for a bunch of different companies. Yeah. Um, go back to your dad for a second. Okay. So, so talk about um, – was he – because my dad was the same. He was like, just join the military. Just He wanted to know I had a job. Right. Like I did. I was ROTC through college, so oh. I served – and then when I got out to become an actor, he he flipped. Sure, he was so angry. Like, just stay in, do twenty. You'll have a you'll have a pension. A pension. Yeah. It'll be fine. And he was so non-supportive of what I was doing. My mother was like, "Yeah, go have fun with your life." I think he was. I think he's supportive, uh, in a way, a little jealous. That, but he was a, te- he's a high school teacher, so his thing was the same. Like, just find a thing with a pension and a stable thing. Yeah. And every time I, I'd book something, he goes, how much are they paying? Yes, my how, how much are you getting? Yeah. <laughs> and are you saving it? I'm like, well, I'd do it. Yeah. And I did. I did. Would, saved a lot of money and was able to live on savings longer than most people would because of the cheap. Basket. Yeah, when you have a year or two, a dry year and yeah. stuff. Um yeah, so it must have been crazy when you go, yeah, I booked this little movie with Carl Reiner. Well, it's funny about that movie. It was the 80s, so the movie, it's called Summer School. So we'd be on locations or on a location shooting around town, and people would say, what? what's the name of the movie? Summer School. Oh, one of those. Like, no, no, Carl Reiner's directing this, and the script is great. So, and it it's did have, and even the poster, it has a vibe like it's one of those right. 80s losing it. Yeah. 
movies. One of those other Dean Cameron movies. But it's movies. the one that you go, this is really good. Yeah, it's a sweet movie. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, got a lot of heart. There's a reason that it's been on cable forever. For the last forever. 30 years. Yeah, yeah. But your, your child came along kind of later. Yeah, when I was in my 40s, um, mid-40s. Yeah, 45, was, 46. Oh, me too. And which I I, re, I regret because I love it so much. I love being a dad so much. I wish we'd done it earlier. <laughs> I think the same thing. Because um, I, I, I'm going to, you know, I hope I live to see him <laughs> graduate college, you know, if he goes to college. And, uh, but yeah, I, and we'll be out and people, oh, is that your grandson? Because I, I, unlike you, I look much older than you. I don't know how old you are, but I, I'm, I'm rocking the dad. Grandpa, look. I'm. Oh, trust me. This, you know, I'm. I'm oh, I understand. 52, oh, and Jesus. I have a. Uh, I have a I 19-month-old child. Kill me now, wow. please. 19-month-old child, and so it's all great, and everybody's always like, "That's great," but I can see in their eyes they're doing the math. Yeah, they're going. 68, 68, 68, he is so screwed. When she graduates from high school, yeah, I'll be 68. Oh my god! Like, no, dude. But and I'm the same. I kind of wish I had started early because now they, although they add so much more pressure when I'm auditioning, when it does go horribly and I come home, I'm like, uh, you know, like they sleep with you and it's like they come running up and they're not old enough yet to really have uh, judgmental thoughts towards my career. <laughs> right, right. One day that'll come. I'm sure in their early teens, but until then, it's uh, it's all fun and games. Yeah. So you you have one son. One son, as far as I know, and yeah, he the other day he said, "I'm I'm glad it's hard for you to get work because I like being with you." Isn't that nice? Yeah. The backhanded, but... <laughs> backhanded. But, they have such... Yeah. Uh, they speak it's the so truth. Honest. Yeah, it's completely it's, honest. It's crazy, the honesty coming out of them. Um, was your was your childhood fine? I mean, your father... We, no, so I, had were a, divorced, I had a, I had a rough like. one. I had a rough one. Did uh, you? Yeah, yeah. My, my mom was... I, it, well, it's interesting because I I thought it was great at the time, but looking back and talking to other people, I realized that was... A nightmare. Why? My mom was a a raging alcoholic, and but a, a high functioning. Sure. So she she became the first female prosecutor in Oklahoma, and did amazing, great things as a raging alcoholic. As a raging alcoholic, but um, was not ever a mom. And I so I talk. You know, she must have worked long hours. And, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, no, I didn't, yeah, she wasn't ever around, and I had a stepdad who also was just, he was a, trying to become the, a, an attorney in Oklahoma City, and or he was an attorney, but he was trying to become a partner, and so he was working crazy hours, and so I was sort of feral, and, and had sort of money, but she spent money badly, and was yeah. very bad with it, and and my summers with my dad was great in Santa Barbara, but he was sort of distant. And weird, but yeah, I, I, she was not a good mom. So one of the things I do as a parent is just do exactly the opposite. <laughs> Seriously, like what would my what, what my would my mom, mom do, do in this situation? Oh, this, okay, I'm not going to do that. Which is odd because she seems obviously very intelligent. Uh, you know, yeah, a no, smart she was, woman well, and just couldn't. Were you the uh, an only child? Yeah, yeah. And they must did they divorce young? Yeah, I was two or three. Yeah, I think that is kind of tricky. You're almost like a forgotten item where they're like, "Oh, that's right, we have a kid." Yeah, and then there's this whole other thing that my dad, the guy who I consider my dad, is actually not my dad. Your stepdad. He's not really my dad. Yeah. There's some other guy who actually is my father in, in Turkey, and I, no one knows where he is. My dad is my dad, and and Bert, 
the guy who I, I thought was my dad. He, I consider him my dad, no matter what. And uh, this other guy just happened to father Did he me. not know? Because no, he, he knew. But he was only with you for two years, knew That's you weren't his son, that was and still was like, I want him to come spend time with me during the summers. Yeah. Yeah. That's they, a pretty that's had, a good dad. They had a vow to never say anything bad about each other and also that he, she would tell me when she thought the time was right, which was when I was 25. 25 years later. Which sort of makes sense. Sort of I my wife and I need to make that vow. And we're not even divorced. <laughs> and we I mean when she was like I don't know about you but the first year after the baby was born when she was hormonal, she said some things where I'm like you 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 can't say that to uh, your husband. You can't. It's crazy. Wait, uh I was working so hard that year that uh, that we we will sometimes sit and go we made it through that and then high five each other that's what we do now yeah we're like we're coming out she's finally she feels good about her body again she's kind of back to where she was before and she feels a little better but yeah she's still but i was yeah i was working this doing web development and playing i played in this karaoke band and we had a, more gigs than we do now, so I was at night playing to like two or three in the morning, and then getting up at seven right. and going. We, to we're going to get to karaoke. So, oh, this might have to be like a several hour episode. <laughs> you go back to the Turkey Dad. This is crazy. That's the name of the movie. Okay, Turkey the Turkey Dad. Dad. My, so basically, my three dads. It's three men and a and an actor. There's an, there's there's uh, another dad in there too. Two two others. There's not a fourth dad. Yeah. Is there a fourth dad? Okay, so all right, tell the whole. This right. is crazy. So my mom uh, in Oklahoma City was her family comes from oil, and they were all crazy. And I think part of the problem, her problem, was there was a mental illness going on too, and the, <laughs> and the alcoholism was just covering that, sure. medicating that. So she was this wild kid. Her mother was this very liberal, progressive English professor. Um, my mom's younger brother was raised. It is an experiment with no rules, literally no rules. So his bedroom, he had a twenty-two, and he could shoot the twenty-two in the house. The rule, the, actually, don't kill anybody. That's a, that's a, that was the rule. I think that's a legal rule. Literally, a the rule: rule. don't kill anybody. Yeah. Older brother. Anyway, so she was she dropped out of high school. Uh, Jean, her mother, they all went to the to Austria for my. Sorry, got it back up. <laughs> no, it's complicated. It's so Gene so is teaching at Kansas State. My mom meets this guy, Bert, who's from Arkansas, from this very conservative family in Arkansas, meets this crazy wild chick who's 17, 16. They hook up. Then Gene goes to the University of Austria to teach, takes Kay with her, my mom, Kay. There's a guy in her in one of Jean's classes, Demir, this Turkish guy. They hook up, do the thing. My mom realizes she's pregnant. Well, they come back. She tries. She tells this guy, Demir, you know, baby. He's like, but she she went with a guy, but then she was sleeping with another. No, she she had hooked up with Bert, my dad. Yeah, and then you know they'd done done. Oh, they done. Okay, so yeah, 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 and then. And uh, probably some other guys. Sure. Too. It's, and then, it was the 60s. Right? Yeah, it was, the, I mean, there was some... 1961, whatever. Yeah. So it was crazy time. Kennedy was still alive. Yeah. I mean, there was Camelot. It was, there was a lot of hope <laughs> in the world at that point. My mom and Marilyn were of course. doing mini Jack, She was dressed and... like Jackie O with a little pillbox hat. I'm sure she looked great. Uh, so then, so they come back to Oklahoma. So at this point, my mom has his friend, Charlie. So she's six, 17. She's knocked up. 
1962. Her friend Charlie goes, well, I'll marry you. They're, they're just friends. I'll marry you. You can't be a single mom in this world. So I'll marry you. So they get married. Then my mom goes to the doctor. The doctor says, you're further along. Uh, mom goes, oh, Bert. So she calls Bert says, hey, listen, I, I just want you to know. I don't want anything from you, but um, I'm pregnant with your, with your son, with your child. Uh, but I'm married to Charlie and everything's cool. And but it's not, but it's not Bert's. No. Well, hold on. Okay. okay. And Bert, follow along. But she thinks at this she point. She doesn't know that. Yet. Yeah. The, she, oh, the, she doesn't know that. Because the doctor has said she's further oh, along. Oh, my God. So Bert says, I've always loved you. Get an annulment from Charlie and I'll marry you. So they get married. Um, and then I'm supposed to be born in September if I'm Bert's kid. My birthday is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> So nobody sticks around an extra three months. That's yeah. that's a long time. And one in the of oven. The, yeah, I'm actually feeling worse for Charlie right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> Charlie got the right end of that yeah. deal. Yeah, Charlie's a good, great guy. Charlie Willick is his name. And uh, so yeah, so so I and then a couple years later they got divorced. And I there were pictures growing up with half cut out, half the person cut off, and that there's one picture of my dad look exactly like him, exactly like the guy. Um, but yeah, my, my Bert has always maintained he's my dad. I mean, he, he knew he would say, uh, he did the math. Yeah, he did the math. But he, I remember when I was growing up, he'd always say, you know, I always wished you weren't, weren't born on Christmas. You were born earlier, <laughs> like three months earlier. Yeah. Like, nah, yeah. October yeah. maybe. <laughs> so when I, when I, when I let him know that I knew there, it was this 28 year sigh of relief. That, did he have any other children? Bert? Yeah. He got married and has two other kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's obviously a pretty cool guy. He's a good guy. And a good dad. Although yeah. not supportive, but only because I think sometimes they he weren't supportive because they wanted Yeah. They know that this can be bit this yeah. can be painful. And yeah. you're like, listen, maybe just go get a real no, job. He, he he yeah, he was he was in hindsight he was right. I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> <laughs> if I could go back yeah. to things I would change. So did you meet the your real dad from No, Turkey? no, I don't know where he is. His na- his first name is Demir. That's all we know. We don't know Demir in Turkey. That's like John. <laughs> literally. That she told me, which this is so I had this deal at Paramount. So Spy Magazine, remember Spy Magazine? Sure. Yeah. So they had done this article about if you're a Turkish kid, you have to do two years in the military. But if you're a rich kid or an expat, you can do this summer in, in in the Turkish military, which is just a drunken orgy. And so I thought, oh, this would be a great movie. I could do this. And so I was ta- I was talking to Paramount and I call my mom. And said, "Yeah, I'm maybe trying to develop this thing because I, I sort of look Turkish, don't you think?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, you do." <laughs> Actually, no, no, literally, you do. You yeah. sort of, sort of Turkish, yeah. Because growing up, you know, her whole, my dad's whole side of the family is very white, and they're from Arkansas, sure. and they're crazy, and it's like I don't fit in with them. And and my his parents would for Christmas, my cousins would get Hot Wheels tracks, and I'd get a pair of socks. Or you know, shoelace or something. <laughs> Just with single single <laughs> yeah, shoelace. Thanks, and one for oh, here's two: one for birthday and one for your Christmas present. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so it was this. Everything made sense when she told. So yeah, so then that summer she said, "Listen, I want to tell you something. I got, I got, the, I got the, something to tell you." Yeah, you told me the whole story. It's were not, you sh- well, were you just blown away, or did you kind of know it? Well, I was impressed at my dad at Bert. Yeah. That, well, that's incredibly cool of him. Uh, felt bad for her because 
she'd had a hard time and then everything else made sense. So yeah. I, I ate off, everything fell into place. Uh, so I, it was, it was fine. I, I, there was no trauma or right. anything. You're 25. Yeah, I was 25 so, yeah. and, 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 um, you know, Richard Bach, the Jonathan Livingston Siegel guy, he said the members of your members of the same family rarely grow up under the same roof. Yeah. Uh, so I always felt that way. You pick your family and, uh, do you think that that kind of guided you as you became a father? Obviously, Bert's a pretty good guy and stuff to go. Uh, I think maybe, just thinking about it, that maybe sub- subconsciously he taught me that you can become the father you want to be because he wasn't actually my biological dad, right. but he was still a dad to me, as as much of a dad as anyone could be sure. to me. Yeah. It must have been a really hard – the secrets that people lived with back then, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that, that whole her marrying her friend because he it was so important to him yeah. that she not be a single knocked up mom you know, in 1962. Right? Yeah. yeah. It is crazy, but it's so funny because it's not I, – I feel like that's not that uncommon – you know, especially now with kids on TV on like MTV, like sixteen and pregnant. Yeah. You're like, really? That's so where we're going kids, to yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So let's move on. Though you, so you, you, you had a big deal, and all of a sudden you go off. You do ski school. So did, the strike happened. That kind of killed the deal. Yeah, killed the deal. Uh, I did uh, this horror film, Bad Dreams. I did a. Were you seeking these out, or were those the ones that people were coming to you going, hey, make this? Or were you still trying to audition no, was, for... Well, uh, Rockula was my first offer. That was cool. Which one? Rockula. I was a rock oh. and roll vampire. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And that, again, that was a thing that was... It was a can- canon, remember canon films? Sure. Yeah. That was going to be a big thing. Canon then went under like, the month before it was supposed to be released, so never it came out in one theater. With no, yeah. no advertising, no anything. Um, and it sort of broke my heart because it put a lot of, even though it's a stupid movie, but it's actually sort of a sweet movie. It's funny when you see a movie and, you, you know, all these ones on Netflix now that you're like, oh my God, Denzel Washington right. was in a film I never heard of? Right. And you go, that's that was two years of somebody's life. Right. Like somebody tried to get that off the ground, the financing, put this thing together, they scored it, they, right. and you're like, bye-bye, yeah. came and went in about 30 minutes. No, it's amazing. And it's like a giant piece of somebody's life. Yeah. yeah. So it is weird. So you put all this heart and soul into Rockula, yeah. and then for some reason, Cannon goes under, that gets away, and yeah. then... The reason was uh, embezzlement, I think, was the reason. Yeah. <laughs> that was back in the Simpson-Bruckheimer 80s. Of <laughs> yes. like, it's called some reason. We'll just make it a line item until yeah. corporations bought all the studios. Right. We're like, yeah, there's no more cocaine line items, by the way. Right. Yeah, those, oh, those days are over. Those are the days. Oh, man, to be yeah. like Richard Harris and those guys, Burton. <laughs> I've missed my entrance. I've missed it. <laughs> <laughs> now, that story, there's a great story. That, no. Uh, I just gave away the punchline, but yeah, I, one of those guys, Richard Harris and Richard Burton, they're, they're drinking one afternoon in the West End of London. They stumble in to see a play and watching the play, and there's this long pause, and Richard Harris leans over and goes, I've missed my entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think they used to drink all day, do the play, and then yeah. like during intermission, they'd run out the back door to the uh, bar across probably, the street yeah, yeah. and do a couple blasts, and then go back on stage. I think that was those stories were what got me into acting in the first place. <laughs> and then I got here and I was like, "This is nothing like that." No. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, so all of a sudden, it's it's just some bad. Well, it's it's sort of this this things. clawing. I, I still people like want to work with me, but there's also this 
the move, the scripts at that time sucked. They were they were not good, and there were the good ones. But Sean Penn was doing those, and yeah. and uh, who else? And this is the late late eighties, late eighties, early nineties, and there were there was good work to be had, but it it wasn't coming my way. Sure. Um, and and when it did, I wasn't I wasn't booking it. Right, but it was. It was did you end up? I mean, you, you probably got into rooms where you went and auditioned for major films. Yeah, a couple, be, a couple big things, but, but it but, went to some giant. Yeah, thing. there were offers and you know yeah. all that. But I was, yeah, I was at the time I was with ICM and William Morris, all those guys. I feel like and, that even nowadays. I go out for pilots or something, and I'm like, I know this. This, this is being offered. Yeah, to numerous people. Yeah, yeah. while I'm in the room, right? Kind of. A, I'm. I'm. You're bargaining. To chip. me, that's part of the most frustrating thing about this business: about the hours that I spend working on stuff. 99% of the time that I'm never going right. to do where you're like, and then, so you kind of get jaded and you're like, well, I'm, I'm not going to put that much effort into this thing. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy right. where you're like, well, that's, I just tank that. Yeah. Because if I you didn't don't. feel like I had a chance anyway. Why, why even go stop wasting my right. time and right. then maybe go do something like code and, and do a real job yeah. where you'd get a real thing. Right. Yeah. That's the thing I liked about coding is that the amount of work you put into it was equal to the amount that came back to you. It's all. I still to this day missed my. I loved bartending. Like I was here right. for a couple of years, and I bartended. Well, stand up must be like that. I mean, stand up's you... like that, but you know the problem with the stand up is the travel, especially now with kids. Like when I used to travel, it was a party. I'd go right. out and get hammered and right. and rip it off for the weekend. But you know, it's also six shows a weekend. You know, it's a late right. Friday show. Like sometimes it was three shows on a Saturday. And my hats are off to guys who do. Some of my friends have like three kids and do that fifty weeks a year. Wow. They come home, kiss the kids, do their laundry. Back out to the next town, and you're wow. like, dude, I don't know, how, I don't know how people do that. Wow. It is hard. It's it's a job where you want to be with. Like, I love being with the kids, right? And so, anytime I have to travel or, or go to work, I mean, I just I wish I was a trust fund kid and I had a shitload of money. Where's that oil money from your grandparents? That's that didn't that's right up. George Bush got a hold of that. Well, the, the oil, you know, the industry is there's a glut. Yeah, in, in, in spite of what people are saying, there's. Way too much oil. <laughs> Prices are very low. Yeah. Uh, all right. So so uh, so all of a sudden, summer or uh, ski school and ski school too. Yeah. Kind so of came I, along and you were like, yeah, that sounds good. So I was doing stuff and and then um, I did this movie Men at Work, Amelia and Charlie. Loved right? it. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. And ski school came along as an offer, and that movie was amazing because there was really no script. There was, they had a script and the character was really, they really cool, funny. And it was, oh, this is what I was saying. Uh, the, the, the movies that weren't tits and ass party movies were very self-important. The, the ones that I was being exposed to and, and just horrible, just no, no interesting. Like which ones? Can you, can you think of any? I know what you're talking about because I know the era so well. Uh, there was one called Where the Day Takes You. I know exactly what it is. They're they're homeless kids. Yes, yeah. here I, in the L.A. I, River. I were. called it "Where Your Fame Takes You" because uh, all these famous people. Like, well, Keanu Reeves did like "River's Edge" at the time right. it popped, and that was kind of this heavy. But it right. was also a huge. Was it Gus Van Sant or somebody? It was like an amazing director. But then that kind of heavy somber. Yeah. We're doing yeah. God's work here. We're doing yeah. God's work here, and, and it was like uh, Flatliners came along, yeah. which was the high name one right. and stuff. And, so, so ski school. There was something in the script about. Oh, here's a movie where people are drinking and fucking and having a good time. <laughs> I thought that's cool. 
And I know there, there was weird stuff with the, the character. And I, oh, this is, I, I thought, well, I, I can do that. I can be Bugs Bunny. I can and it's also Bugs. an offer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it doesn't nice. it feel good when and somebody calls and goes, nice. yeah. it really feels good. And, uh, and I thought, I'll see if I could do, be, be Bugs Bunny in this movie. And, uh, so we got up there and we're shooting and that there was, and my character and these other guys, we were sort of second bananas to the, there was this romantic story and that they realized the guy hurt his, he was skiing and he broke his ankle and they, they realized we were really funny. So, and there wasn't really a script. So Pat Larato, Stuart Fratkin and myself went in the producer's room and we came up with these scene ideas, just what would be funny. So, well, helium theater, whose underwear is this? A Godzilla thing, like these, these stupid scenes, the Lombada, birth of the Lombada, because there were all these Lombada movies at the time. <laughs> for, and and uh, so they shot these scenes and then came back to LA, wrote another script around those scenes, and then reshot some sort of interstitial stuff to put that together. And there is a, a charm to this yeah. that makes sense why it's been on cable forever Ever. i remember when it came out sure and people like i do these has been autograph con- signings and and people go nuts for that movie i mean it's obviously a self-selecting sample but th- th- it's weird it's weird but i mean when i was in high school animal house was on hbo and i watched animal house a hundred times my favorite comedy of all yeah, time favorite one of my favorite number movies. one animal house and apocalypse now just two of the greatest movies of all time just watched it again and and uh, and I think, although I don't think ski school is in the realm of Animal House, but it's I think for some a lot of kids, summer school and ski school were that sort of thing. That it was on it was on HBO. Yeah. they'd get home from school like, oh, ski school's on. I'm going to watch that. And yeah, do this. Listen, but, Adam Sandler made a he had uh, your career a little bit later. Yeah. Made the same movies, right. totally goofy, over the top, crazy right. movies, and it just took off. Yeah. yeah, so it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's funny to look back. Animal House still to this day. I showed it to my wife, and she wow. was like. I've seen all these jokes before. Yeah. But they wrote it. Right. It's their joke. Because Everyone started, stole it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still, it's brilliant. The whole kiln thing. Uh, I'm so, it's, I, I feel off kilter because I'm so intrigued by the career <laughs> because I've grown up with all the movies, knew everything, but I told Andy before you got here, I was like, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about his career a little bit, but I, we talk about parenting on this show, uh, but you can't help. You get caught up in it. You're I like, guess. okay, so what happened then? <laughs> <laughs> and then so ski school, and then all of a sudden- you Well, then I of... did this movie. Then I, <laughs> then I got this offer on this movie called Miracle Beach. Okay. The, the script was really sweet. It was like Splash. <laughs> this guy finds a genie and changes his life. It was a really sweet movie. And uh, first week I'm doing it. And the female lead is turning not great. <laughs> then there's all these girls in bikinis around. Then there's, are we shooting some nudes? What? Oh, we added some stuff. We added this scene. And I, they were, my hair had started to fall. They were concerned about my hair. And and so there's a guitar player. There's a band called King's X and the guitar player, Ty, they're from Texas. And so years later, we're talking. He goes, hey, man, I was watching that Miracle Beach movie. Like, yeah, he goes, looks like you gave up about halfway through that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. I just, I, okay. And I, I, I thought this is. Oh, this is this is it. This is the end. This is the end. This is the and end. And so, and it, it was. And then later that year, the same company. You remember the Apocalypse Now documentary? 
Uh, yes. George, uh, yeah. Hearts of Darkness. Hearts of Darkness. Yeah, it's great. So that guy, that George Hickenlooper, was directing a movie, the finest uh, Civil War zombie movie some say has ever been made. Sure. Uh, and they, the, the MPCA, the company that did is, is, I, I said, you want to do a part in this? Like, yeah, of course, of course. And so me, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, uh, David Arquette, uh, and Josh, uh, his dad was a huge producer in the seventies. Evan, Josh Evans, uh, us in the civil war zombie movie, uh, in the first, the, the first 30 pages that did not have any of the leads in it. Right. And so I'm, we're all like, this is, this is never going to make it in the movie because the lead, this is all backstory. There's no point. There's like, yeah. So, so I'm at, we're out in, in, in this middle of summer out in the middle of this horrible it's so hot out there in this wool stuff with zombie makeup on oh and matt leblanc matt leblanc was one of the other guys and this is matt leblanc had even make this up like you're writing a it joke it sounds like you're improvising a horrible joke That's on a stage the hot and, um, so when you drop matt leblanc all of a sudden okay like, hey, wait so matt leblanc the aristocrats matt leblanc this is way before friends yeah so matt leblanc had done some pilots for fox that had not gone and and he wasn't very good in them. And Matt LeBlanc is the nicest guy in the world, the sweetest guy. But he had this big Bronco jacked up on like four by four, way up high and sort of goofy and not. And I'm, I'm in this Civil War zombie movie and I'm looking at him. And I go, well, all right, well, my career's over, <laughs> but at least I'm not him because he'll never work again. <laughs> So Smash wrong. Cut. So yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read for friends. It went well. Waiting to hear. <laughs> Somewhere there's somebody who tested against. Yeah, I, we've heard a story. Like I've heard Bierko turned it down. Bierko turned it down. And my I friend knew that one. Matt Adler tested for the Matt Perry part. I know Adler. And, yeah, and he, co- he actually coached Matt Perry on it. He, told he tested Matt, for the Matt Perry Matt part. Matt Perry part. And, and worked with Matt on, the, on his audition. Yeah. Chandler. I worked on Kilroy, which was Clooney's and Matt Adler's. Oh, yeah, I remember that show. I was the dick redhead in the oh, acting class. Oh my my first job ever. Yeah, I was I was trying to write on that because I was good friends. with Matt was in. We, the, everyone told me, quit my day. I had just moved here. I was maybe a couple years in. I was like, here we go, man. I remember at the table read, Laura San Giacomo was like, hey, quit your day job. You're going to be working on this show for a long right. time. Well, here's a funny story Never about that. Matt, up. you know, had, had, he and Clooney had written the script and yep. sold the show 20 episodes or whatever, right? So Matt needed someone to negotiate a deal. And so he, was call, he called like William Morris, like, hi, I just sold a show to HBO and I need... Of course. Uh, uh, hi, no, really, please don't hang up on me. <laughs> I sold a show to HBO and I need someone to negotiate. Please, can I just talk to one agent? Like, okay. And no, he couldn't get an agent to, <laughs> to rep him. He finally found some lawyer who would negotiate the deal. Yeah, With Clooney. Clooney was on set for the week. He, you could see. He's like, he's that guy. Here's what I, I admire. Like, he's a great actor or whatever. But when he walked into a room, he knew everyone's name in the room. If there were 50 people in the room, yeah. he would walk around. Hey, Joe. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Maureen. Hey, huh? You were like... It was a gift. He likes me. Yeah. It was a gift. We were like, God damn, that guy's charming. Yeah. Like, yeah, you go. I get it. Yeah. It's not. It's always about like just. just people well, I mean, I, I've known him since I was twenty. When he was doing, I was shooting 
a show and he was doing the first ER. There was a sitcom with the ER called ER with oh, Elliot, that's right. Elliot Gould that he was on. And I met him then. And yeah, he was always, oh, George Clooney's going to be a star. <laughs> From, for the first 15 pilots he shot. Yeah. yeah. I was at a, a stoplight once and he pulled up in a Porsche. It's like, hey, I got a nice car. He goes, yeah, there's residual. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, you live and learn. Um, so you, it's over. You go, I'm coding. Yeah, yeah, coding. And would I, you occasionally work, or were you I, just well, out? Yeah, I, I, I'd fallen into this voiceover career that was, which is, by the way, way better career. Yeah, no, amazing. It was great. Yeah, very. Lucrative. If I could, I would just do voiceover. Andy hired me a lot, which was very nice for some very nice. Things. I had work to give out back then. Yeah, yeah. No, and it was. I yeah, know. Oh, I love doing voiceovers. Yeah. Oh my god. Such a great gig. It's the best gig. It's out it's out of the bag now. Yeah, and everybody they, knows about everybody it. Everybody knows yeah. about it now. No, it I, used to be those guys were multimillionaires and nobody could recognize them and they did all the voiceovers in the sixties, seventies and eighties. Right. And yeah. Well I, yeah, I was the radio I was Hyundai. I was the radio Hyundai and now it's Jeff Bridges. You know, like Hyundai mm, like yeah. Sunday. What are you gonna do? Hyundai like Sunday. Yeah, he's really good at it though. Yeah. He's pretty good. So um you get out and you, so you you met a woman. Met, yeah, so I met her right around the time I, I left. I, I started. I was, I was doing plays. I was working doing theater and sure. stuff. And she was at this theater company, and we fell in love and and moved in together pretty quickly. And I was I was basically homeless at the time. I was uh, living in Eric Stoltz's house uh, while he was in New York, and met this woman who's 15 years younger than me who had no business going out with a loser like myself but did and uh yeah and things got better and and we ended up having a this amazing boy that's crazy yeah. Yeah. uh i'm a huge age difference my wife and i are similar oh. 16 years which she's younger she's younger than yeah. me yeah, yeah well yeah. done yeah right no, we, yeah, yeah totally. right when did you guys? When did you guys marrying a sixty-nine-year-old woman would probably not be? No, that would have been awkward. I um, I would be tough having the two kids. I was late too. I was in my late forties. We got married at like forty-six. Oh wow, forty-five, forty-six, and then I had the first kid when I was forty-nine. Wow, forty. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was the same. I never thought I'd be married. I never thought I had kids. Yeah. I was like, I didn't. I didn't hate them, but I was like, I'm not. I was too selfish. I thought right, and it changed everything because now it's. It's about the kids. Yeah. I used to be the most selfish person on earth. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I learned that, you know, I told you I hate kids and I learned that you have the kid that you want. You, the kid you, you raise is the kid. They're not, you, you just, they're horrible kids out there because their parents are fucking horrible. <laughs> there are, that's <clears> no <throat> true words I've ever been so saying. So if you're horrible, you're going to have a horrible kid, but if you're, Good. You're, it just it reflects right back to you. Well, we talk about schools nowadays. And I mean, like, barring some sort of problem, you know. I, I think people feel like they want the schools to raise their kids, and yeah. that's why it's this fight. Oh my! They fight to get their kids into certain schools right. or whatever. But the truth is, the parents are the parents raise it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we're 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 a private school that, and the parent, where everybody is incredibly involved in this school, and it's, uh, and the, the kids are amazing. Is the, is the cost? Do you do you think about it? Or are you like, yeah, it's worth it? Or do you go like, this is insane what I'm paying for? It's a kid insane to go to school. what I'm paying for it, but I think it's going to pay off because the the idea is that we do this for the first six years, and then he's he's pr- school proof, and, and that's <laughs> that, and that's what is that the, what they say? One of the things they say. Is so they can go into any school for grammar school. 
but no. not for junior. You're saying junior high and high junior school. Junior high and high school. Yeah, 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 I think so too. I think grammar school doesn't really matter that no. much. But if you go to well, yeah, I mean they're gonna, they teach him how to learn in this school, and then he's great after that. So. Were were you terrified when you became a father, or you kind of just accepted the whole thing? Um, Am I? What was the change like? For me, it was monumental at that age to go like, oh wow. I'm 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 terrified for him now about the future and about what's he going to do and, and what's the world going to be like and how are people going to treat him? Just, you know, I'm sure that you feel the same. He's a sweet little sensitive, kind kid <laughs> and people are going to hurt him. You know, they're going to break, he's going to get his heart broken and people are going to be mean to him. And does anybody not get their heart? broken? No, I know. And, and I, I just want to protect him from all that. I do. I feel the same sense of protection we got called for a, somebody had seen our daughter and said, hey, we want to bring her in for an audition mm. for something. And they're so young. I was like, yeah, yeah, they can do a commercial or whatever and stuff. And so we go to the callback and I'm holding my daughter in there. And the girl who's the mother is playing the mother. I don't think I had kids and was acting. She wanted the job so badly that she was taking it out basically like she wants she won't stop crying I, she's not going to stop crying can do do i have to do it with her can we just she be on the side and i'll just do it and then whatever baby we and i was like that's not helping no. and then the casting dude was like yeah get the kid out of there and i wanted to punch everybody in the right. room i was like hey she's 18 months right. old you dick they do this do you know what they do they cry you fuck stick i was like i wanted to flip in the room and so now when people call i go she'll do jobs but she's not She's not coming into audition. No one should have to audition. She's offer only. She is offer only <laughs> and pay up scale, yeah, exactly. SAG, whatever Double it scale, is. But so. she is not coming in to read for you. I just thought people were dismissive yeah. of children. And they were like, whatever. That was like a prop. And I get it. I'm a older – I moved here as a 30-year-old guy. You can treat me like shit. I get that. But when you treat an 18-month-old kid, yeah. like get out of the way and not like even like nice, like cute. Oh, yeah, yeah nothing. So, yeah, I feel the same way about kids getting uh, – destroyed have you had times where you've been overprotective of your son no part of the child raising cult that we're in is pretty hands-off about getting between him and other people unless there's violence going on child raising cult yeah that's what i call it it's not but i call it that is that the group of people that you are it's it's called rye uh it's a a way to deal with infants and toddlers and so jason alexander talked about that he did the podcast, and oh. he talked about the rye. Oh, cool. You ask the kid what they want. You, you, it, it, it's a lot of stuff. But Talk about it, because I think that's what people are like. I was so interested when he told me. I never it, heard of it. It's uh, basically treating your child the way you treat other humans. You don't treat them any really differently. Uh, so they, you just respect them. And so you, know, you don't, don't just pick, pick them up like you wouldn't pick up your wife or say, come here and grab them. You say, I'm going to. I'm going to pick you up now. We're going to go over here. I'm going to do this. We're going to do this. And so they learn that they're in charge of their own bodies. So later, when somebody wants to diddle them, they go, hey, 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 hey. No, no. This is my my dick. You leave it alone, my friend. And they are able to navigate the world without you and without other people. And it's it's amazing. So it is good. It's great. I'm more the Cato uh, Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> style of child raising awesome. which i don't know if it's the greatest thing but i i'll just pop out of nowhere and right. grab them and pick them up yeah I, and I, so that's i'm setting them up for failure is what you're i saying. don't know about that 
I don't know. It works for, that's the thing about, like I said, it, it works for us. It's the way we are with each other. We're, I'm very respectful of my wife. She's pretty nice to me most of the time. And, uh, yeah, it, it, just, it made sense to us. Like this is, seems like a good thing. So it was a conscious decision of like, Hey, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to do the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And we went, we went to this cult leader and the whole, did the whole thing. Oh, there's a, Oh, there's a group. It's a group. Yeah. So you go to it. Oh, you go to with it. With the child? With the child. When the child's a baby? Yeah. It's amazing. They, uh, they, sounds sounds they, odd. They all there's like ten little babies just on a mat. Okay. And you, all the parents sit around, and the the woman sort of points stuff out about how they're t- dealing with each other. And so you know, there there's little toys around, and sure. so the couple kids will start pulling on it, and your instinct is going da 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 da. She's like, they'll work it out, and they work it out, and like one kid takes it, and the other kid goes. <laughs> That finds another thing. And that's how we are in life. You know, okay, well, you're going to take that? All right, well, I'll, I'll find something else. Or I will argue for it, and I will get it from you. And that happens, too. They will they will pull and push for the object. But the idea of sharing, and this is, a, this is one of those sort of controversial things about telling your kids to share. Um, they can work out that stuff. If there's violence... You know, if there's physical stuff, then you get in between them and make sure that everybody's safe. But going, no, you have to share that. That's that's not fair to your child because if she has a toy, it's her toy. Why should she have to give something up? You don't have to give up your shit to people. So give me your guitar. No, no, well, share. Share it. Give it to me. That Nobody's telling you to do that. You freely give that up to you when you feel like... Can you say take turns? Yeah, they'll figure it out. We, I definitely let my kids. I mean, one's older, so she's way stronger. Right, but the other one hits. The other one smacks yeah, well, that's, her right gotta, in the face. Yeah, you get, you no, get I let between. her hit her because she she did take it. The kid took it. <laughs> oh, from oh, her. oh, oh, that on the other. Well, side. Yeah, she, she takes that from you it. Hitting her to begin with. Yeah, but well, so. you got to smack those kids. Yeah, <laughs> we just put them in the hot car. Have you ever hit your children? No, no, never did. Hot car. Put them in the hot car. Mellows them out a little bit. Just like 30, and 40 just minutes. just stand outside and watch him. <laughs> <laughs> Takes like 30 seconds. He'll get it. He'll, he'll pull it together. Totally I spanked my daughter once in the airport. Oh. She was in the stroller uh, kicking her sister in the front seat of the stroller. Ah. And I, I flipped and I grabbed her and pulled her legs up and spanked her once. Ah. And then I looked around like somebody was filming me. And I was going to be arrested immediately. Awesome. And I was like, I just saw yourself her. on TMZ the next day. Did your dad hit? Did your mom hit? Uh, I was my second... Which one of the four? I dads? have another was dad. Bert, yeah. There's a, there a, there a couple stepdads. There's a couple stepdads in there. So my my first stepdad, Mike. We never talked about Mike. Mike spanked me. Mike was a cock. <laughs> Mike hit my mom. But what did you think of him? Let's see. Uh, so your your mom. How many times was she remarried? Well, let's see. We got Charlie. Okay. Bert. Yep. Mike. Yep. Glenn. Well, and then the real dad. Demir. Demir. That's five. She wasn't ever married five to dads. Demir. My five no, dads. she wasn't married. She was, to just she was never married to Demir. She just, yeah. uh, Glenn, she was married to the longest. I mean, what's the, what's the most terrified you've been with your son? Have you had instances where you're like rushing to the hospital or, or just fear? No, we've had it pretty easy. You've had it pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, nothing... Uh... Yeah, nothing, nothing bad. Like, here's here's something that happened. Um, 
he and another friend were, were my a friend of mine lives next door to us and our kids when they were three walked around and they victor's car victor my friend victor they took rocks and they started scratching the side of his car they were drawing on the car now uh, the instinct is to punish them for that because they shouldn't be doing that but they had no idea they weren't supposed to do that how old were they at the time three yeah they were it was i mean we told them you can't do that right that's bad don't do that but it's like well they we should have been watching them and and one of the kids actually came back and said we're drawing on the car and the mom went oh okay like that like they fucked up and uh so instead of screaming at them blah, 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 and ter- traumatizing, like this is this is Victor's car, uh, you shouldn't scratch this up, and uh, it's someone else's property, and don't do that. And and he got it. And did you give him an alternative? Did you say if you want to draw, I'll give you some papers? Yeah, and you do that. You do something else. Yeah. But I mean, it was a pretty it was a pretty intense thing because Victor was really pissed. And, you know, we had to deal with the situation and, you know, we split the cost. It was like 500 bucks, but it was, I guess they, he, my son learned a lot about respecting other people's stuff. And, and also that this other kid had led him to do something bad because Duncan knew that he, it's like, he didn't feel right about it. Right. Like, this is probably not the coolest thing to do, but this other kid was like, well, let's do it. Okay. I feel like we've all done stuff in peer pressure. We're like, yeah, yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. And yeah, I'm still blaming the other kid because my son's perfect. perfect. <laughs> are you those, are, is your wife that, my, my wife's kind of like that, I think, sometimes. I'm more honest about like, listen, I, I don't know. I don't know where they are. They're not geniuses. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I I, I feel like... Now, I don't think he's a genius, that stuff, but I, I feel like he's pretty... I probably think he's better than he actually is like a better kid than he actually is maybe but i i realize this potential yeah so who knows but uh who knows right yeah i don't know i don't know because he's seven now and seven is literally a time when their brain chemistry really starts to change and he is a raging asshole now and seven-year-olds are notoriously assholes they're like teenagers but little so he's got all the sneering that teenagers do but in this little adorable seven-year-old voice right like whatever like oh you dick <laughs> um why can't they just be cool i don't know they just can't no well, apparently he was until recently well we all, I, I always say he's got to get you know from this big to this big in the in space of like four years if we had to grow like that we'd be crazy too i guess 97 do you um you know, we talk about the world being a crazy place. Do you worry about him going out? Like when I was a kid, we left the house in the morning with a bike and nobody saw me for 12 hours. Nobody knew where I was. We started, there's a, there's a woman named Lenore Skenazy. Have you heard of her? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's called um, Free Range Kids. And she was, <laughs> she was, uh, termed herself the most hated mom in, in the world mm-hmm. because she let her 10 year old ride the subway in new york by I, himself. I heard about that right. yes she is an inspiration to us so there we live in burbank p- pretty safe sure. place there's a comic book store about half a mile from us so duncan and his friend a couple of weeks ago they walked to the comic book store by themselves um and bought co- co- comic books and walked back home 
all by themselves. We didn't follow them, anything like that. We prepared them. Did you want to follow them? Were you the a little instinct scared? was to, At yes. seven, I'm, I'd be a little scared. Yeah, but uh, we had walked him there before. Duncan knew had been there before, and but it was fine. And then last week, uh, Duncan and his friend went and had, we were over at their house, and they went to a restaurant and they had lunch. Paid for it, stiffed the waitress, apparently, and then uh, came home. It was great. Next week, they're flying to Denver for a party. <laughs> I was say. Wait, they went to a restaurant and had lunch? Yeah, yeah. They, a restaurant that this other kid's family, they go to all the time, so they knew him. Now, we called the comic book store, and we also called the restaurant and said, listen, these kids are coming. Keep an eye on them. But, you know. They may be dangerous. Yeah. So I guess what's the right age to let your kids out? And I guess seven is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, well, I'm not going to let him. The, there's a busy street. We're not going to let him cross that street alone. Right, the, but he's this so comic book store is on. Yeah, it's on Olive, but he's on the comic book store is on our side of the street, yeah. so he, he doesn't have to cross any busy streets. Would be ter- I don't think my wife would let it happen. And, well, it's it's something to do because when I was seven, when I was in first grade, I was walking home from school alone and staying home for three hours until my mom got home to. Drink. But to be fair, your mom was criminal. Yeah, well, she was she a was, shitty mom. She was, but yeah, I, I living I, with seven guys at the time. The uh, the thing. The the struggle we're having is uh, is iPad. Like, how well, that's to, great. How what is the answer? Because that, my nineteen month old now is all she does is point to my phone and yell "go" because she wants to watch "Let It Go" videos on YouTube on my phone. My son hates uh, that movie so much. Well, yeah. as he should. You should yeah. turn her on to like Stranger Things or yeah, she likes some, Let It Go. Some man. good HBO. The stuff. music, the music's what catches them. But my daughter, who's three, can she'll she'll take your iPad and wow. maneuver around, go open the Wi-Fi, turn the Wi-Fi on, come back, wow. go onto YouTube, scroll down, pick out videos. I'm like, it's crazy how good they are on it. We'd we'd done um, up until this year. Done Fridays were screen days. That was it. Because I I didn't have a t- I didn't have a TV until ten years ago. What? What when is I, wrong with you? When I moved out Her, here, his fourth stepfather stole it. <laughs> well, sort of. When I first do you moved, not watch television? N- n- well, I do now. When I first moved out here, uh, I, everything I had, I had everything in my car, and it was, was long story. But everything I owned was stolen from me so i never had a tv i had this little portable tv that i had you worked in movies you made money you didn't think to go buy a tv i read this book when i was 20 called four arguments for the elimination of television that changed my life (laughs) you believed three of them apparently yes and uh four arguments for the elimination for the elimination of television uh it was pretty hippie stuff that you're kind of a hippie guy no not actually but there there's some hippie stuff in there uh but yeah, so I just never had a TV. I didn't have a TV for forever, forever. So Seinfeld, Cheers. Never haven't seen an episode of it. Never saw an Red episode. Red for Cheers. Red for the Woody part went well. Waiting to hear. How's that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, I think yeah. I did well. But it was written for Woody, and he was at the audition, so I don't know. It said Woody on the script. So. <laughs> I bet he had a, a little better shot at it. I think so. When you watch him interview too, he's like, well, I didn't it. care. I was in this Broadway show. Yeah, exactly. I was going to go do this on a pond. <sighs> Billionaire, he uh, was good on it. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Good actor. Um, but yeah, so I didn't have a TV, so it, it wasn't a big part of our lives. So you're, you're not letting him. You say he can watch it one day a week. 
Well, now it's changed. So now he, because yeah. he's doing Minecraft. I'm way into Minecraft. I think it's great for kids. He he play. He's on the computer playing Minecraft a, a lot. But we still. It is going to be their textbook. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be exactly. Their, that's so the thing. I see people who go. We don't let them use any computers or anything. I go. That's you're. De- that's yeah. like you're depriving yeah. them of that's, what's going to be their life. That's child abuse. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it is it's like keeping books from. Yeah, them, basically. Yeah, he needs to learn, and he's adapted all that stuff, and so now. It's a little more lax, and he's good about it too. He can he can self regulate. One of the things about Rye is they're able to. He knows his feelings, and he knows when he needs something or when he when he's like, I can't I can't do this. So he'll ask, like, can I can I do the iPad? Like, yeah, okay. And it's great. And if I say no, he's like, okay. And he goes and does other stuff. Yeah, does other stuff. And he's an only child too. And I was an only child, so I get that. And being able to entertain yourself. Fortunately, you have a penis, so it's a lot easier. Do you are you close at all to your step uh, siblings? No, at no. all. No, they were. They were way later. They were much later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but the, actually, this is my stepbrother's guitar company. He makes guitars. Oh, I love it. Will yeah. Eichelberry guitars. Well, yeah. we'll give him a little shout out. Will Eichelberry guitars. Where is it? Or uh, uh, no, uh, Santa Rosa. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's weird because I'm the youngest of six, so I have no idea wow. what it's like to grow up as an oh only. My God. Child, I wish sometimes I w- was, I yeah. guess, to a degree, because they were annoying. We'll be at a friend's house who has brother or sister, and you know they're fighting and screaming at each other. And on the way home, I go, "So you still want a brother or sister?" Nope. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's spoiled, but he's he, when he gets out in the real world, he's going to realize it's not all about. Yeah. Him. No, I know. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I have dragged this. This is all right. I do want to cover one other thing, though. Sure. Karaoke. A uh, karaoke. Uh, You'll well, have to come back again because it's yeah, one of well, the crazy yeah. stories, man. Um, I, uh, you know, every so, every actor believes he could be a rock star, and every rock right. star believes. They but you've be you've yeah. So I played in music. I played music. I was in a band. We got a deal and all that stuff. You directed Steel Panther videos. The Steel Panther. Steel Panther is one of the greatest bands of all time. Uh, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. They're great. Yeah, they're, they're great. great. They recently fucked me over. But I'm sure anyway, they did. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they are Steel Panther. They are Steel Panther. I mean, you, it's in the name. It's what they do. It's what they do. Um. So. They come from this world of cover bands, the Steel Panther guys. We should, for those of who who don't know, Steel uh, Panther is an '80s cover band. They do they're, well. They're a parody of an '80s metal band, but now they do. I mean, they're original stuff. They're a real they band. Four records. They started band. out as a parody yeah. band, and they were great. They're great. Oh, I mean, they would destroy Van Halen. Everybody, you could it was amazing. The shows were fantastic. But they're they're and, and not only that, but they're they're comic geniuses. Yeah, they they will. I'd see them do shows where they play for two hours. They'll play five songs and talk the rest of the time. It's crazy how good. I thought the same thing. I I thought they were amazing talents. And the like the bass player. I directed some of their. I directed a pilot presentation for them and some videos. And the bass player is one of the funniest people in the world, at least in this character. And just comes up with stuff that you cannot believe how funny it is. We there's this one thing where we're doing, and there was a trampoline in the backyard, and he, he goes, "Oh, trampoline, is it on?" <laughs> stuff like that. And, and then he walks by a piano. He goes, "My oh, my grandparents had a piano, but they lost it." Just hilarious. <laughs> like Stephen Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like Stephen Wright. Kind of that's funny. Um, Anyway, so they come from this this world of cover bands, uh, Boogie Nights, and all those things. So there, there was a need for a karaoke band. So the drummer Darren, Darren, uh, 
said we need to put it together this karaoke band and we get to come up with a name like well we'll play 80s stuff and so darren came up with the name karaoke so the conceit was is that we were the Corys from the 80s and that michael jackson had promised us to, that we could play on his comeback tour because uh, he felt bad for molesting all of us so the, <laughs> so good so good it's so good so karaoke was uh you know this is us like getting good at, at playing music okay. so we could back him up but uh, then everybody died so and the so three now Corey's a Corey feldman Corey haim Corey hart but we and got Corey hart who does my, I wear my sunglasses, sunglasses yeah. at night but yeah it's a it's a karaoke band so we have 120 songs and and anyway back we, we Started off just doing 80s tunes. Now we do stuff from the 60s to Katy Perry stuff now. So, so we've dispensed with the wigs. And also because everybody's died, it's a little tasteless. Uh, so Everybody? Well, Corey, Corey Hart dead? The Michael Jackson fingering stuff was. Well, Jackson's, this Jackson's dead and Corey Haim's dead. So, Corey Haim's dead, yeah. yeah. Uh, Corey, yes. Corey Hart, I think, still. He's still alive. He's yeah. still rocking in the free world. I think he's supposed to do the podcast in a couple weeks. Nice. nice. Actually, we had Richard Marks do it. Oh, Speaking of cool. 80s. Great songrace. songwriter. He songwriter. is a great, great songwriter. Really good songwriter. Anyway, uh, so karaoke's out there. So karaoke is, yeah. So we, I, I play every Wednesday night in Santa Monica at a place called the Basement Tavern. And then the first Thursday of every month at the Residuals here. I'm coming to Residuals in, uh, the, next, yeah. the next show. And we do corporate stuff. and That's awesome. Stuff like that. It's and fun. here's what's great. I, you know, you, you said, oh, my career collapsed. And it, but I going through your stuff, you still were off doing all kinds of other work. Like you did another – you took – something to the edinburgh fringe festival right yeah i um yeah that's another whole thing i i screwed with a nigerian scammer for a year via email and then turn and called him and sent him packages and all sorts of stuff and actually andy we recorded talk the about call. that a little bit because we all for those of you who don't know the nigerians they they email you they uh, fish right they're, yeah. they're fishing going and you actually responded and kept a relationship going with yeah them. i i, I want to i would respond to these guys and this is back in 2002 2003 when your spam filter didn't get a hold of the nigerians so i always wondered what what's going on with these guys because nobody really knew about him and i would just reply uh, great. Do you have any toast? Just some non sequitur. And this one guy wrote back and I ruined his life and, uh, ended up, ended up over the course of four years getting a check from him for $3 and 50 cents. He sent me a check. Uh, and yeah, so that can you cut, can you cut that story like, to get to how, well, I was writing, yeah, I was writing as is my alter ego that only my shrink understands is this sexually ambiguous Florida millionaire who sure. has these cats, Mr. Snickers and Jojo, the dancing clown and a houseboy named Quan, who's probably underage and definitely illegal in the country, but he's my houseboy and maybe my lover. I don't know, but I have a son oh, and, I have uh, to read this. This is crazy. And, um, yeah, so I he, this guy believed I was crazy enough and rich enough to fall for the thing. So he would say, "Okay, send send me the money." I go, "Great, I'll send you the money tomorrow." But first, what do you think of my cat? Tell me, tell me what you think. And so, well, your cat's beautiful, and, uh, and okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna send the money, but um, I want to do a code this week because I'm I'm worried. I heard that the FBI are watching us, so we have to do this code. And so I'd come up with some stupid code. And like, we, can't, we can't do the code, but what about if we do? So I just stretched on and on and on. And he on. never said, fuck this guy, I'm out. Well, he kept nibbling. Yeah, because I also, I, I said that I had given money to another scammer. And I, well, I got an email. I said, uh, I got an email from this other guy. And it's weird because he has the same problem as you. What are the odds of that? 
And, but I went ahead and gave him the, I gave him the $2,500. And so then he, my guy started writing as the other guy posing as the other guy. Cause he was already posing as, as, as the son and the mother, Miriam and Abraham Abacha. Then he was started posing as this other scammer. <laughs> And I was also posing as my attorneys, Perry Mason and Owen Marshall, counsel Did you have law. different emails you were sending them yeah. from? Yeah. You would, you would open other emails specifically. Dude. When you do something, you do it well. Might as well commit. Ah! Might as well commit. Well, I was, working, I was working at this web company that had been bought. Yeah. So we had a, an infinite amount of free time. So Paul Provenza and Pendulette said, you got to do this as a show. What's the name of the show? It's called the Nigerian Spam Scam Scam. <laughs> and I haven't done it in a while. I need to do it again because my wife always, you're, you're depressed. You should go do your show. Because so, it's just me and another guy. When you're on stage, there's nothing better. That's great. You know, we talk about the ups and downs of this whole business. I've talked to friends. I'm like, the highs are so high. and the low. That's just the nature of the beast. And the, the trick is to, during the low periods, to go, fuck it, and go play golf or do your own show or something. But, I mean, the highs of like... When summer school came out, I mean, the, oh, it's nice. so many people in the country never experienced that emotion. Like I remember getting a series regular on a show and being like, "Oh my god!" I just had to pull the car over and be like, I "Fucking did really? it!" Really? Yeah, I fucking did it. I know that's you know, like it was. It felt so good that the days where I was like near tears and couldn't sleep because I had eaten shit at a test. I literally didn't sleep for like three days where I was I couldn't oh. get it out of my head. I couldn't stop shaking it. They offset each other. Somehow. Yeah, I, I, you know, occasionally people will bug me. It, not as much anymore, but back in the day, like, oh, you did this movie and this movie. Like, yeah, I, I carried a movie. Yeah, I carried a movie. What, what did you do? Yeah, like, okay, sorry. You were one on the call sheet. Yeah, I was number one on the call sheet. That's that's awesome. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, so, the lofty things. How many people in the world want? to do that yeah, and it's really hard to do really hard it's really hard to do and I had no idea how hard it was <laughs> no, that's what's funny I think sometimes when you succeed yeah. at such a young age like I kind of came here late yeah. and I had been in the Navy for a while and so when I did kind of succeed I was like oh that felt so good right, right. but other, these kids were like hitting it at 18 17 years old and all of a sudden you're like right. yeah, you're gonna live for a lot longer yeah I mean I always felt like I it, it was lucky and then I was fortunate to do it but it was felt like well of course because I'm talented and I'm good, I, I can, yeah, of course I'm going to sure. succeed. But that, as I mean, Matt Adler and I were talking about, like, remember the days when you'd not read for something? Yeah. Like, uh, or we'd, we'd, we'd call it script hurling. Like, this script is horrible. Listen, I'm going to throw it across the room. Like, oh, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> anyway. I think it's a great lesson for kids, too, for, like, the children. Like, I've lived so many different lives, and I feel like you are in a similar boat where you had this crazy success. You went off. You did something different. Maybe it grounded you. You kind of came back, and all of a sudden, then you had a child, and you had all this uh, life experience to pass along, yeah. and I think it's a, great, uh, it's a great thing to help raise kids. Yeah. We'll see. See how he turns out. <laughs> I guess who knows at this who point knows? I don't know any of them would turn out I usually ask the last question is to go what's a mantra that you would share uh, to your child but I feel like you've already said it a couple of times and it's such a good one what is it about committing might as well commit yeah and uh, if you're gonna do it yeah we'll do it fucking do, do it, it. Yeah. just do it yeah yeah so it's amazing that every whatever part, uh, whatever part of your life you've kind of and to the fact that you took a joke with a Nigerian guy that far shows a level of commitment that may be bordering on insanity. Or 
or the commitment to laziness because it was the easiest it's the easiest show to perform because i all i have to memorize is one paragraph at the beginning and one paragraph at the end and the rest we read from the computer you read from the computer and there's no blocking all right my uh my thanks of always to my producer andy lerner and of course my special guest for today mr dean cameron um they can find you deancameron.com yes sir come find uh the show the corys karaoke and the scam, what is it called? Nigerian spam scam. <laughs> Nigerian. If you ever do it, that's going to be amazing to do it again. Yeah. All right, big thanks to uh, Dean for coming out, and Andy. Uh, that's it here on Father Time. We'll catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.